Welcome to another week of Surviving Creativity, the show all about following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. I'm your co-host, Corey Cassoni, and I'm joined every week by Brad Geiger and Scott Kurtz, so we talk about what's happening in the world of new technology and entertainment. It's season two of Surviving Creativity, because we say it is. We know we promised you a week ago, two months ago, that we would uh, be talking about porn, but since we couldn't get Erica Moen, our preferred guest, on short notice, and since it's a new year, we thought we'd go that route instead. This week, Surviving Creativity crew takes on France. The entire country, but mostly Angoulême, the city and the convention. We also talk a little bit about uh, fair rates for fair pay, the new subscription model, and a little bit about our predictions for 2016 and what it means for you as a creator or you as a consumer. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another week of Surviving Creativity. of each other <laughs> and it was just nothing it was just dead silence and he goes you son of a guy <laughs> <laughs> oh, again god it, it, it was something else how did Sky Mall became the term for not having a joke laughed at I think, I, I think I think I had the mall of America right Oh, I think it had no, to do no, with no, no, the no. It had Sky to do Mall with Sky magazine, Mall. and I had made. Oh. I, I think I must have made some kind of joke that incorporated Sky Mall. That's right. Because any oh here, laugh. Alex will know. Yeah, <laughs> you made a joke about Sky Mall on Web Comics Weekly, and you went, "Nobody Sky Mall, Sky Mall," <laughs> and then the next time we didn't laugh at your joke, you were like, "Sky Mall." <laughs> and now it's carried over. Oh, uh, well, happy 2016, everybody. Yeah, you yes. know what? Same to you. I'm making it official. This is season two of Surviving Creative. Oh! <laughs> it's arbitrary. <laughs> We've arbitrarily cool. decided to start the second season right now. S2E1. That's right. First episode. Haven't we done it for more than a year? Shh. <laughs> 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 Maybe. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big, you guys know this. I'm a big new year guy. I love the new year. It's bigger yeah. to me. It is the biggest holiday of the year. I don't understand that. Really? Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, oh, you don't understand it. Really? I don't. Okay. It, like, like what's so, uh, what's so intriguing about it? Go ahead. It's the, I tell you what you, you explain year. it and I'll, tr- I'll translate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, okay. The, 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 I don't even know where to start now because I know Scott is going to undermine anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, go the, ahead. Here's the thing. It's the new year. The, 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 everything is starting over. Everything. Mm-hmm. Spring is coming again. All the plants are reborn. The whole earth is restarting, right? That's huge. We should take time to celebrate that. On our side of the planet. 
No, on every side of the planet. The whole the planet went 500 million miles, like 542 million miles around the sun, and we're alive. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Right? I mean, doesn't it do that every day? I'm sorry? <laughs> Isn't every day a day that it went that much not time a, around? Not a, No, it, it rotated around in a day, but it didn't go all the way around the sun. Do I need to Scott. put the model up to Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Earth rotates on its axis. The Earth itself rotates, okay, in a circle. And then and then the Earth, the, as the planet, goes around the sun. <laughs> I know, Corey. I'm just being contrary. <laughs> just go ahead. To, I don't know. That's just big to me. I, I don't get all the religious holidays that fall at the end of the year. They all kind of annoy ah, me. Ah, here we come. Now I'll translate. <laughs> they bug me. What do you want? Oh, any one. piker can celebrate Christmas. But that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Everyone's very... superficially giving presents that mean nothing. Yeah, that bugs me. <laughs> Present giving bothers me a lot. Halloween? Halloween? Do you like Halloween? Uh, I, I hate Halloween. I liked Halloween really? when I was a kid. I dislike oh, it now. I love Halloween. I love oh, Halloween well, no. partially because I partially because I've got kids, but I loved it even before I had kids. Uh, but now it's like we throw a big party. Uh, the kids' friends all come over. It's it's. I look forward to it every year. Well, you haven't gotten your ass kicked by nomadic bands of teenagers the last three years in a row, <laughs> like I have. Seriously. Fat man on Halloween, dude. It's not what you want to be. <laughs> you got threatened? Yeah, no, I'm just joking. Target number one on Halloween every yeah. year. Get him! <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. I've never liked Halloween. Uh, it's so dumb. It's really, 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 really dumb. And And the reason why is that I don't like celebrating uh, icky stuff. I don't like glorifying it. How is it okay for you to not like Halloween, but I'm not allowed to not like Christmas? <laughs> because I don't think that you really don't like Christmas. I do, I, I, listen, <laughs> I don't like the pomp and circumstance. I don't like all the crap. If all I had to do was get a tree and put some lights on it and be with family and that would be great. If it, if mm. That is all you have to do, Corey. No, that's <laughs> literally all you no, have to do. No, I not, not with the kid in the house. He's got to put presents underneath that I, tree. I try, actively try to, to just do that. Mm-hmm. But there's all this outside influence and consumerism and all this crap oh, yeah. just coming in the door. And it's like, I don't want that. I don't want any of that. I, I just, I mean, if I could just have, if I could take Christmas and put it on New Year... Or <laughs> the tree and the lights and the family, but none of the, mm. none of the, I mean, maybe a present, but none of the like, it's just, I just don't understand. Just have the, just you and Sheena decide to have the Christmas that you want, because right now the Christmas that you want, the Christmas you're choosing to have every year is just to be miserable, you know, like, like, <laughs> well, here we go. Here we go. It's over. So if you need me, I'll be rereading Fight Club and punching the drywall until my knuckles bleed. I'm not that bad. Because 
I don't get to have the Christmas I want. <laughs> every year, it's a, every year. Carolyn and I go through the same fight where I, I want to keep it to a budget, and she wants to have as many presents under the tree as possible. Thank you, Brad she's, you, she's she's thank you. And and it's not because I will say that because I know sometimes <laughs> she listens to the show, so I will say this so I can go back to bed tonight. Uh, <laughs> it's not because she's a massive consumer. She just likes the idea of the kids coming downstairs and seeing a lot of presents, and she likes that. Now when the kids were young that was easy you'd buy a fisher price toy it'd come in a in a huge box you could fill up that tree very easy i spent the rest of the morning drinking myself into an early grave because then i've got to put that shit together but you could easily fill it up now max his entire christmas list was not only uh ds games but formerly like used ds pokemon games so the package was super small. Those cartridges are super small. Even if I put it into a normal size box, these aren't very big. And Alex was uh, in Chile, so he wasn't even home for Christmas. So it was really tough to fill up that tree. It was, I, I thought I was going to have a real uh, issue on my hand. Uh, luckily, uh, uh, cooler heads prevailed, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> always that conflict. I'm with you, man. Oh, that makes me crazy. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, do you guys get uh, gifts for your spouses? Yeah. Some well, some years I do. This year I did. I wanted to get Angie something nice this year, so we haven't for for the past several years. This year we did for the first time in a long time, and it, that part was was kind of nice because I really wanted to because we hadn't in the past. Uh, but it was, you know, but it, but it was like, we set a budget. It was like, you know, $50 and that's it. And you know, who cares? But it was a little something, you know, the best thing, the best thing for Christmas this year was there was kind of a little bit of an argument over whether or not to get dad a TV. Cause I called my dad and I said, look, Brian's going to try to buy you a big screen TV. Angie and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Would you even use it? And he's like, Oh, Brian's going to try to convince you. He's been telling me to get a bigger TV and. I, I guess I wouldn't mind it. I'm afraid I won't know how to use it, but it wouldn't be so bad. I'm like, all right, well, if you're not going to get pissed, we don't know where I'm going to put it, and I don't know how to put it up on the wall. And I'm not, I'm not drilling into my wood paneling, and I'm like, you would never touch your precious <laughs> wood not, paneling. Dad. I'm not drilling into my paneling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, it's, wait, wait, wait. Is it one of those houses where shag carpet comes halfway up the wall, and then it's wood paneling the other half? No, but there, there is – the living room does have wood paneling on the wall. So – so I called everyone. I said, okay, well, dad is on board with the TV, but let's keep it, you know, around 500 bucks. We'll all chip in. And so now it's been decided. And so Reagan, I guess, was talking to dad. Dad goes, well, I think I pissed off Reagan. <laughs> Apparently Reagan was talking to dad and Reagan goes, now he's got to figure out what to get Miranda. And dad goes, why? <laughs> and she goes, well, what are we going to get her for Christmas? Your and dad goes, nothing. my own heart. <laughs> Don't get her anything. Yeah, and she goes, why not? We, Reagan goes, well, we got to get her something. And Dad goes, one, she has everything. And two, she's two and a half years old. She doesn't know what the fuck Christmas is. She doesn't know yet. When she's five, you have to get her something. But just let her help open everyone else's presents. And the best part was on Christmas Day, she loved opening gifts, but the thing she was most excited about was the chapstick that she got. <laughs> <laughs> she loves chapstick. Loves Her thing it. is chapstick. Oh my god, she loves chapstick. <laughs> oh man. 
She is. She kills me because she will I would not be have like chapped lips. No, but she will just put it on and lick it off and put it on and lick it off and <laughs> oh, try to take it from her. Oh, she throws so her fist. <laughs> what is what is it's just so just gross. cut out the middleman and just, just bite it into it. the chapstick? Yeah, <laughs> just eat the chapstick. Although I, she, I I gotta be honest with you, I've been tempted to take a bite out of that stuff myself. Oh, oh, it smells good. I I I, oh, I thoughts crossed my mind. I'm not supposed to sit here and say it hasn't. But so so Brian wanted one of the things Brian wanted for Christmas was an Apple TV. Oh and yeah, I, I said saw to, those. And I go. Well, that's a reasonable gift. And Angie goes, it's like 200 bucks. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're, you can get them refurbished for 70. <laughs> and she goes, not the new ones. The new ones uh, are like $300. And I go, what? Why? And she goes, well, he's got to have the biggest one. He's got to have the most gigs on it. Oh. And I said, I, I don't understand. It's a streaming device. Nothing is stored on it. And she goes, yeah, not the new one. So I looked it up, and apparently the new Apple TV has apps. Oh, is that right? Like, oh, yeah, like you could play games on it and stuff. Uh So because you can install iOS apps on it, it needs hard drive space. And, of course, Brian has to have the most space. And I'm like, let's just get him the Amazon Fire Stick because that thing is fucking – that Amazon Fire Stick <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. The interface is awesome. He's got Amazon Prime. It's it, the Netflix interface is better. The the it responds better. Like it's I am so impressed with the Amazon Fire Stick. And it's yeah. 30 bucks. Yeah. And Angie's like, "No, no, 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 no. It's got to So the best part of the whole Christmas was that new Apple TV is the biggest piece of shit? <laughs> You're kidding it was, me. No. It, it was. Nothing worked on it. It was locking up. It was rebooting all, all the time. And Brian's like, oh, my God. This thing's really janky. Brian goes, here's the best part. Watch this. And he hits the remote and he goes, uh, Siri, uh, Night at the Museum. And he turns to me and he goes, now, the cool thing is it'll tell me everywhere Night at the Museum is available. If it's on HBO Go, if it's in my – if it's on and – it, and it's like, you know, now playing James Taylor, you've got a friend. No! <laughs> like, it, it didn't do shit. It didn't do anything it was supposed to do. And Brian at one point goes – I don't know, but I think this new Apple TV is janky. And my dad, who we thought was asleep for all of Christmas, goes, (laughs) You think? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess I don't like Christmas either. See? Why are we talking about this? We just... (laughs) uh, I'm glad that I've brought you around to my way of thinking. Now you just got to get on board with the whole New Year thing. It's good. No, I like New Year. I'm excited. I mean, I don't like the... I don't like... New Year's Eve, where everyone gets hammered. I think that's a weird... I also think that's a very American or Western thing. I, I don't... Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the world isn't getting just decimated on <laughs> on New Year's Eve. I don't think... I think that's a that's a thing here. Same with, like, St. Patrick's God, they can't in China. In China, they have so many New Year's that they'd be drunk all the time. <laughs> no, you know what I did... Where, what I did for New Year's was real. I actually they had up in Allentown. They invited me to come out. They had a like a comic convention. It was more like a geek culture convention, and a New Year's party all rolled into one. Oh, that's fun. So it was a convention during the day. It turned into a party at night. They rang in the New Year, and then the next morning people came down, did breakfast. There was the convention going on for a few hours, 
and that was it. And I got to tell you, as, as silly as it sounds, I had the best New Year at, at, at doing that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. Let's uh, let's talk a little about comics, because there was some comics news recently. <laughs> uh, from from our good friends in France. <laughs> that was the most weak sauce <laughs> transition. We are so out of practice doing oh, transitions. Man, Corey, do? good lord. I was searching for anything. I'm looking for a French person or a woman or a kind of comics <laughs> as close as I can get. What do you want? I, Corey, at that point, you should just go. Corey, just let's forgive ourselves at every segue this episode should just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yada, yada, yada. Angoulême, yeah, yeah. France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Angoulême, these fucking frogs. What is going on? <laughs> these fucking guys. What is happening over there? I was really amazed at that. Uh, listen, uh... Uh, I don't know what it is you have a problem <laughs> with. What is the problem? There are no women. Well, in hold comics. on. Let's. Uh, so the, 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 the prop. So Angoulême is. Well, okay. First, first you have to know what Angoulême is. Angoulême is a city. It's a little in Belgium town. It's like a medieval city. Is it in Belgium? But I it, it, uh, I thought it was in Belgium. I'll look it up. You keep talking. Alex will know. Uh. Angoulême is also the location of a very prestigious comics festival. And you have to understand that Franco-Belgian comics community, they see comics as the ninth art. Uh, it's referred to as the ninth art there. Angoulême so, France. Okay. France. 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 So uh, uh, they hold comics in as high a regard as any other art form. Yeah. And – that's why, uh, for one reason, I think that's why the quality of comics is so amazing over there. Uh, but it's just really uh, held in a very, very high regard there. And you have a lot of greats and giants in the Franco-Belgian comic scene. Uh, Hair J with Tintin, mm-hmm. Underzo uh, with Asterix and Spiru and all these amazing uh you know, Franco-Belgian comics. And so every year they have a festival and they have what is known as the Grand Prix, which is a, com- a competition to essentially be, uh, the, it's the highest honor. It's, it's widely considered the highest honor in comics. It's you should better explain than to the festival is not like, it's not like in America where there's a convention center and people show up. The entire city turns into celebrates comics. Yes. Oh, I have, didn't know that part. Yeah. They oh, have, yeah. it's like the second largest comics festival in Europe. They get over 200,000 visitors every year. Uh, they have like 7,000 professionals attend. I mean, it's huge. Like, like bigger than San Diego Comic Con, it's gigantic. But it's this constant, it's this concentrated little medieval town, so it's right. amazing, right? Uh, but anyway, they have the Grand Prix of comics, and they basically crown every year, uh, you know, the cartoonist they want to honor the most. And and traditionally, it's been someone who's been in comics for a long time. It's done a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Uh, last year, it was Bill Watterson. Uh, before that, it was a manga artist, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, the big controversy that's just happened is that uh, the nominees for the Grand Prix competition at Angoulême this year was released, 
and there were uh, it was a sausage fest. There were no ladies, and and this no women. Woman. This is out of thirty. Now it's one thing to say it, it, there's not a. It, this is a list of thirty nominees, and these are what 30. they're supposed to be. It, it's a it's a prize that's supposed to look at someone who has ten or more years of work. Like there, it's supposed to be like a lifetime award, right? And uh, it's supposed to be a, you know, we're looking at 10 plus years of work and it's very specific in, it's supposed to be very specific. It's supposed to be in French comics or someone who has work mm-hmm. published in France, despite the fact that the last two winners, I think uh, I'm going to look it up because it was Watterson last year for sure. And the year before, uh, I think it was Katsuhiro Otomo. Maybe, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like the the last two winners were Japanese and American, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And then the list comes out. And there's nobody on it, and Frank Bondo, the guy who like runs it all, he's the festival director. Oh. He's oh. like, he's like, uh, I don't see what the problem is. There are no women yeah. That's the best in the part. Is is the comics, guy... There are no women. Uh, yeah, he's like, uh, uh, I cannot change the history of comics. <laughs> Yeah, he goes. Unfortunately, there are f- there are few women in the history of comics. That's the reality. Similarly, if you go to the Louvre, you will find few women artists. Well, that makes perfect I, sense. I, I don't understand why. Uh, uh, it's it just if you look uh, in the festival, cannot change the facts. If you look. <laughs> If you look backwards, you will see very few women have uh, ever done anything uh, noteworthy in of comics. Note in comics, uh, I don't see what the problem is with uh, uh, there being no women in comics. Uh, you know, they don't well, read, uh, they don't read uh, comics. Have you have you used pencils? <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. And then, and then, and then, essentially, the world goes. Well, have you stopped to think about why that is? And his response is basically, "Qua." <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing that happened is everybody withdrew. So there was like a mass. They nominate like thirty people, and there was a mass withdrawal. Like everybody bailed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. everybody, right? <laughs> well, like so, so, so. Um, <gasps> oh. No, I'm so just, 12, I'm, 12 of the men, so 12, so keep in mind, like his big, the big, the big guy in charge of it is like, look, we, the, the Grand Prix is to celebrate, uh, people have contributed o- over the last, uh, decade, giants of comics history, like, uh, Bill Sekovich and, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Daniel <laughs> Close and Charles Burns. There's not been women in this time. Oh, Name a woman. Like what? <laughs> yeah, and then and then they so so a French website Talarama presents him with names of of ten women creators that that could have been uh, on this list, and he says that one of them, uh, Marjane Satrapi, right, who has, who uh, is no longer eligible because she's declared she's no longer making comics, Ridiculous. which evidently didn't apply last year when they gave when they the gave it to, Waterson. to Bill Watterson, to Bill Watterson, <laughs> who is neither French nor making comics. I think what Bill Watterson does these days is he just will reads Fight Club over and over and punches a three inch square <laughs> of drywall. The uh, <laughs> 
It was just a week ago. The only woman to ever win the Grand Prix, uh, Florence Setak, has said that Bondo is a total idiot. She called him a total idiot in an interview. He's the only person to ever win it. So then this morning, they decided that uh, and if you don't want uh, our list, then there is no list. Uh, <gasps> our list is gone. So they just removed the list entirely, and they said anybody can vote for whoever they want. It's basically him saying, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> wow. But then you, so you would think at first it's so like we- this is a mea culpa, right? But instead, he it, he got rid of the list, and then he doubled down on there's no women in comics. Wow. He said, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> He said, without claiming to be an expert, it's difficult to deny that at least in the history of Franco-Belgian comics after the war and until the last 10 or 15 years, women have largely been the minority. You just have to look through the pages of the magazines, the true generational markers, Tintin, Spiro, Pilot, Piff, <laughs> Souvre, uh, to have proof. He Like, he's... He got rid of the list, and then he doubled down on there's no women in comics. Wow. You're kidding me. <laughs> Is that you? Uh, excuse uh, uh, One moment, please. <laughs> I think it's... I think that's... Uh, hello? Bondo. Hello, Uncle M. Yes, this is he. Me. Yes, I did say this. Well, you have to understand that uh, 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 traditionally men are better cartoonists because their penis is like a pencil. Uh, women, women have no penis, and therefore, <laughs> so they got they no are, experience with this sort of thing. How could you, how could you expect them to know how to hold this phallic? All of their comics are a gaping hole. Much like the gaping hole in the history of comics, it involves women. <laughs> Look at that, he brought it home. I didn't think he could so. do it, and he did it. Okay, so thank you. Please don't call again. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's a gaping hole in the history of comics. <laughs> anyway, that happened. Woof. Uh, I love how he just threw it to the fine. Yes, yeah, you want to you, you pick, pick, it. pick a better winner. You pick a better winner. It's such a like. It's such a petty. It's such a passive aggressive. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's aggressive aggressive. Yeah, well, yeah, nothing, because it's, now it's very French, is what it is. <laughs> don't you just and if the winner has smoking a cigarette with a beret on, going, yeah, you think you can do better than you <laughs> holding do the cigarette backwards like they do. <laughs> And and now if the if the winner ends up being a man, he's going to stand there and say, "I told you so." Yeah, fuck yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> he's that's exactly what he's going to say. But look, it's I don't know, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, it's an that's... argument. It's an argument that happens in America too. I'm so sick of it. We've talked about it before. Like, look at the New York Times bestseller list, just for five minutes on any given day. And I mean, seven of the top ten in any week are all women. The creators are all women. 
Yeah, and then like, and, and I'm guilty of this. I go to a comic convention and I see the panel, women in comics. And sometimes I think to myself, and I'll admit this, I think to myself, do we still need that panel, women in comics? And then I see something like this and it's like, yep, we still need that panel. <laughs> you know, it, okay, we got, a, we got a longer way to go than, uh, than, than Geiger thinks. I think it's safe to, I think it's fair to wish that we didn't need it. I think I the sentiment of going, do we still need that? That sucks. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't like, think uh, I think what, I think what we need is to just put women on all the other panels. Like wh- why do we have to keep segregating women to their own panel? Well, yeah. Balance is always the key. And, and those panels end up being a lot more interesting. Uh, well, and because you have to, you have to, you have to then expect that the people that organize the panels are going to invite women right well, to the panel. Therein lies the problem, right? Right. Therein lies the problem. Uh, therein other, lies the problem. In other amazing women in comics news, uh, uh, Roller Girl by Victoria Jamieson just won uh, the Newberry Honor. So, you know, another award for a comic by a woman uh, in a market where they don't exist. It's a great comic, by the way. If you haven't read Roller Girl, you should go read it. It's really good. It's good for kids, too. Oh, good. And, and for girls. I mean, I, and you can also see where where the change is happening first. And where the change is happening last is marketing. I think for sure. sure. Yeah. Well, all you need to do is go to that story about how there's no Ray oh, in a lot God. of the Star Wars merchandising. Oh. Did you guys read that post? I put it on Facebook the other day, and it and it did a really good job of kind of explaining how there's this disconnect between the entertainment up front and the marketing in the back. And Corey, you probably have seen a good deal about this because this is where you did a, did a lot of your uh, uh, cutting your teeth. But they they're, they're still convinced that boys will not buy a toy that has a girl character in it, and so no, on and so and, forth. And what's funny is the science now. There's actual data now that shows that it doesn't matter. Like there's right. there's actual evidence now for realsy science that says that a boy doesn't care if he's playing with a boy or girl character. But a girl does. Like, like they've done this all this research, particularly in video games. Mm. Young young children, young boys who are just old enough to play games, they don't give a shit if they're playing a boy character or a girl character. But girls actually do care. They want to play a girl character. They want to play, you know, someone that is like them and is strong and is tough and is cool. And they want to play with girl action figures and they want to play with they want to have something to emulate i think that boys we you know we have a lot of options growing up it's like yeah. i could pick what kind of superhero i wanted to be and girls were relegated to like two or one if that exactly so you know as a boy you hit a point you hit a certain saturation point in your life where you don't give a shit <laughs> it doesn't matter I, i'm playing right. with okay who cares uh but you know the girls it, to them it actually matters and this whole can we talk about star wars we should talk about star wars oh yeah it's been long i, I was gonna i was gonna star segue wars, into right? that uh, one way or the other yeah absolutely mm, i think alex hasn't seen it yet alex so seriously she needs to well i just warn her that's all that's all i'm saying alex seen uh star wars star force wars. awakens Alex and, and Tavis and Eric are all sitting in the studio here with us typing. Oh, I don't remember who has oh, seen it. Okay, so, okay. It might be Tavis. Uh, no, Tavis saw it. Listen, Star Wars is good. 
<laughs> well, we let, anything before else? we get too far off the topic, I want to, because I thought this was extremely well written. If you're interested in reading the marketing side of this and, and a really even handed explanation, go to geekdad.com. We, uh, we didn't say what? what the explanation was of. Of the Star Wars marketing. <laughs> Why? Right. The thing that we just got done talking about. Well, we didn't talk about uh, what happened with Star Wars, though. Well, let's talk about it. The main character of Star Wars, one of the two leads, is a girl named Rey. And she yeah. is not in any of the products made by Hasbro. Maybe I That's think there's not a, true. There, she's in the one with her and BB-8, right? She's in plenty of products. She's just not in the Monopoly games. No, that's inaccurate. Sir. And she's also not in the Star Wars action figure pack that I'm looking at here at Target. Right, but it, you can buy just 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 for the record, you can buy <laughs> Ray action. You can buy a lot of Ray toys. There is Ray out there. That, that, no, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. I'm not saying that it's right that they're excluding her from packs, but. You can, you can, there's plenty of Ray action figures there, uh, we're, but we're specifically talking about Hasbro or no? Right. Oh, I don't know. So specifically Has talking about bro. Hasbro, there is one Ray action figure it comes with a BB-8. And from what I understand, it was a short run and you can't get yeah. them now. So oh, really? Yeah, they did a short run. They're already sold out. They do that with female figures all the time. My wife and I were talking about this morning and, and other products uh, from other shows and stuff, she used to collect toys, and she's like, it's always a pain in the ass to get the one female character. They just don't print them. They don't print many of them because they think they're not going to sell them. And then when they sell out, they high-five and go, oh, we did it. We got rid of them. <laughs> that's that's true. But one of the – and I, I'm not sure I'm buying it because – so one of the big uh, excuses that the companies are using is that a lot of the toys were produced before the movie came out. And they were not allowed to show Ray with a lightsaber because that was a big reveal. Mm-hmm. The studio so said they, that was BS, right? Yeah, it is. It's total BS. She's been on everything. So put her on Monopoly holding the staff. Yeah. The yeah. last scene of the movie, she's holding the staff. Yeah. So now what they're doing in response to this outcry is they're releasing all these new sets that include uh, Ray in the figure packs now. It makes it's she is the main character of the movie. It's <laughs> you like you would think that they would put this out. <clears throat> How it's cool like, was it? Can't Go wait ahead. to get some Jaws action figures. Like, well, we don't make the shark. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody buys sharks. <laughs> They're cold blooded. It's uh, marketers I, tend to focus on focus groups, which are the largest swath of populations. Right. The problem is. The largest swath of population in a focus group is generally white males. But in a country 350 million people strong, there is a case to be made for a market that is not older white males. And now, uh, with us coming out of the recession, these not white males have money and they're willing to spend it. And they are, you know, there's there's a place... There's like this void in the market where you could put stuff like this and make just buckets of money. Uh, and all of yeah. these all of these companies are still too stupid. I, I mean, I've talked about this before. Like, big companies are dumb. Individuals are smart. But a big company is slow and clunky and dumb. I mean, look at... Because uh, we were talking about subscriptions the other day, Brad. Like, look at this year at uh, Consumer Electronics Show. Every company released a subscription version of their thing 
Yeah. Because Netflix is just dominating the industry. So now you can get a subscription, an online subscription of literally any cable channel you want. Showtime, Stars, TBS, USA, uh, HBO Go, Go. CBS, yeah, CBS. Like you pick a you pick a channel and you can just pay five bucks a month and get it. And as a result, all those people like me who cut the cord last year and canceled our cable. Now I canceled my cable and I immediately bought Netflix and Hulu. And if I want to watch this Star Trek show that's coming up, I'm going to have to get CBS. And if I want to watch Game of Thrones, I'm going to have to get HBO Go. And by the time I get all those channels that I'm subscribing to, I'm going to have a bigger bill at the end of the month than I did when I had cable. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, don't laugh because that's where – and I've been writing about this on webcomics.com. I, I've been, this is where everything is going because at the same t- time we're seeing that happen in TV and movies, uh, it's going to happen in, in comics and what we do as well because everybody's got ad blockers installed. So we're not able to make uh, the money off of having this big archive like uh, like like Scott and I have, where we could always count on that to just churn out advertising money. That's getting closed off to us now. And so are what's going to happen? The bite from that? Uh, yes. I am. Yeah, we absolutely are. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know which we you meant, but yeah, I can. I can tell you. I started uh, January 2015, half uh, uh, ad revenue of January 2014, and it never got any better. Uh, all the way until the middle of the uh, summer when I went to two updates a week, uh, it, it it just was less than half all the way through the first six months of summer. One of the reasons mm-hmm. I went to two days a week, it wasn't going to, it wasn't making a whole lot of difference for me to have five updates. Right. I, I wasn't seeing that ad revenue and I could use my time better, but what you're going to see is more and more, uh, more and more, but absolutely more and more Patreon and more and more people either accommodating Patreon into their site by say, and Patreon released its API. So this is coming right around the corner yeah. where you'll say, uh, if you're a Patreon uh, person, you log in, when you go to evil link, all the ads are taken out because you're a Patreon subscriber, you get access to certain parts of the site because you're a Patreon subscriber. You're going to see more and more of this subscription based stuff, which is great actually for people like you and me, because we're actually going to probably stand to make more money on that. Because that uh, that longtime reader who did a binge through the PVP archive, maybe through a CPM basis, maybe made you a couple bucks right. on a one-time basis. Right. That fan is now going to pony up a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars a month ongoing. To support you, they're actually going to end up paying more. Not great for the consumer. Stands to be pretty good for the creator. I don't think it's bad for the consumer. Look, it's a trade-off, and we talked about this in a past episode. It, and and Scott and I and, and our team at Toonhound, we've sat down and done the math. If the average reader gives us what was it like three fifty a year, three dollars and fifty cents mm-hmm. a year, they're officially giving us more money than they would give us just by viewing uh, our average number of comics every day. Like our our right. average reader views about four comics a day, right? And when you mm-hmm. sit down and do the math on that for CPM, on the high end, they might give us $5 a year. But most users are going to give us about 2 to 3 bucks 
a year in ads. And that's assuming they're not using an ad blocker, which they all are now. So, yeah, right. I mean, go out there and buy those subscriptions. Support your people. It it, it just makes sense. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's this, there's this concept starting to happen now of paying people what they're worth. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And not just not just for us. It's happening in publishers too. Uh, did you see that fair page rates you were talking about, it, Brad? Fair page oh. rates dot, and it's rates plural. Fairpagerates.com. Yeah, really, really interesting. We need to lower our rates at Toonhound. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying way more than uh, than what these these people. <laughs> Tavis is just in said, the studio no. and he just typed no. Oh, and I'm sorry, I said Tavis by mistake. I'm well, sorry. look. It, so what? What is your problem with that, dude? No, I don't. I know. I, I I have a mental block. That's actually the first time I've said Tavis instead of Tavis for a long time. His name so is Tavis. Tavis smiling. That's why. That's Tavis. Davis, that's, that's why I Davis called myself Braden. on it, so I could apologize. Did you say Davis Braden? Yeah. <laughs> His name's Davis Maiden. His name's Mavis Taven. Uh, so fair page fairpatriots.com, <laughs> plural, mm-hmm. is... Uh, I have problems with this site. So what they did is they have, <laughs> they have a survey, okay? And they basically just ask people... You know, what did you get paid for comics pages? It's very specific about comics. Uh, and if you if you want to see one about writing, there's another one called whopays.scratchmag.net. Uh, and that one tells you uh, rates for writers at different uh, publishers. So, you know, Pacific Standard, Ozzy, Inc., The Billfold, Thrillist, Tablet. I'm just looking at the page right now, Science Magazine. So it's it's literally just saying, here's how many words you write. Here's what they're paying people. So, uh, fair page rates, what they did is they sent out a survey in 2015 and then they compiled all that data and they put it up on fairpagerates.com. And, uh, the idea being that, well, now you can look and see what the average rate is for what people are getting paid for different things in this industry. Here's script, here's covers, here's line art, here's color art, here's letters, blah, blah, blah. The problem is they only got 60 responses. Uh, mm-hmm. and they split it by specifically by page rate they don't actually talk about work for hire and they don't talk about publishing uh and the the lowest paying publisher of 2015 is officially oni press (laughs) where i used to work your old stomping grounds but here's the thing I got to come out in defense of Oni here because <laughs> this data is not correct in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, as someone who used to work at this company, uh, it's they're not accounting for certain things. And what's funny to me is t- technically the publisher that pays the least amount should be Image because to publish a book at Image, you need to... Uh, not just accept no money, but you need to pay Image twenty five hundred bucks because they work like a co op. You pay them money, and then they do your, you know, and then they do your uh, your book for you. They publish your book for you. But they've got Image listed here. It says Image typically does not offer page rates. Creators earn income on royalties, but then they list letters twenty five dollars, line art one hundred fifty dollars, <laughs> script one hundred dollars, cover six hundred dollars. Like, how does that make any sense? You it's a little disingenuous. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's incorrect at best. And for Oni, what they did is they took 
what the upfront was on on some of their books, uh, which is two thousand dollars, which sounds a little low to me from when I was working there. But they basically said for a hundred and fifty page graphic novel, you get two thousand dollars. That's thirteen dollars a page for all no. for everything for the script and the art and all of <laughs> And it's like, all right, well, that's an upfront against royalties. Uh, so. I guess technically that's a page rate of thirteen dollars. It's a little. Uh, but at the very least, they ought to be asterisking that and and explaining the background behind some of these things. Yeah, you know, not... it, 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 this isn't the page rate. This is upfront uh, ahead of royalties and stuff like that. That would be good information to have. It's just not I, accurate. I will say this in terms of uh, them having only 60 cartoonists, you can go to the site and click on year in review 2015 survey results and you see that their survey is still open. So if you wanted to increase that survey from 60 to 61 and so on and so forth, you could participate and and put your your page rates. in. Yeah, honestly, I think that's kind of shitty. What is how so? To to go fill out that survey. Why? Because it's between you and your employer, and you accepted the rate, and then you do the work, and then everything's fine, and then you go and and you you post the rates uh, in some anonymous survey. What's the what's the? I don't know. Maybe I'm just old fashioned, but it's like uh, I've never understood. Look, I can understand if there's a real problem. Okay, like. Tokyo Pop isn't paying out. But even then, I don't know that I would want to air my dirty laundry. It just seems unprofessional. What's that series of videos that's getting pretty popular in the last six months? Uh, Alex uh, explains everything. Uh, I'm getting close to it. Alex ruins everything? There you go. He had one that was making the point why you should tell your coworkers what your salary is which is very similar to what we're talking about here. And he makes a really good point in that it, it, the employer wants there to be secrecy. That way they can pay one person differently than they pay the, the next person. Uh, and in that respect, I kind of disagree. I think I think that taking part in the survey is good in that sharing the information is good. Uh, I just think that maybe the people that are doing the site need to do a little bit better job of of, of learning what the like. For example, Corey, if you went to them and say, "Wait a minute, do you understand the difference between how Image pays an artist and how uh, Oni pays?" They might not even know that. No, and I and I don't. So they need they to learn the industry a little bit better, <laughs> so they can really. Uh, and if they already know it, then apply that knowledge so that they can do a, a better job of showing these numbers. But I, I think it's a good idea to share the information. That just is good for everybody. I agree. I, I mean, I, and I, Scott, I, in response to your question, maybe that's old fashioned. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is old fashioned. I think that particularly in the place that we are now with the way that technology works and with the with the influx of creators and that kind of thing, I think it's really important for um, people to share information like their pay information. But um, I think that there's a difference between doing it publicly and doing it privately. I mean, but that's just to me, that's just a common sense thing. I think a lot of people have to have that explained to them. And I think the other problem is is just like this survey. Like when it when are you comparing apples and apples, and when are you comparing apples to bananas? You know, like right. You, you're not you can't directly compare most of these companies as I'm looking down this list. You 
you can't necessarily compare Boom and Dark Horse or DC and Oni or IDW and Marvel. Like you can't compare these companies. The contracts are are utterly different, and you're making no differentiation between um, a page rate and work made for hire. I right. mean, work, work made for hire is you come and you do the job, you get out. And a page rate is typically inclusive well, of other things like royalties and uh, advance on royalties and back end money. And, you know, there's a lot of and, uh-huh. and IP creation and that kind of stuff. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you that I disagree. I, I don't think it's I, I, I think it, there's a lot of sense in not uh, telling anyone what you make because um all things being equal, sure, I understand the idea that that uh, everyone should be should be upfront. But all things are not equal, and and uh, the argument against well, these companies want this to remain a secret so that uh, because they want to pay some people more than other people, and you don't want that. Well, uh, there might be a reason that they're paying some people more than other people, and I know <laughs> I know that the fear is that. Well, sure, now we can pay the women less, or now we can play the minorities less. But the thing is, I know from personal experience that there are people out there who don't know me from Adam who also want to or work in comics who dislike me based on a perception of that they have of my level of success. Mm-hmm. Based on the highlight reel of my life they're seeing <laughs> on Twitter. Right. And and so, uh, frankly, it's none of their business what deals I've made. I never apologize for making money. And if I can get a company to pay me uh, a certain amount and it's more than they paid another person, uh, there's nothing I need or anyone needs to apologize for. Well, then and why are you so, keeping it a secret? Yeah, and that's my question too. Why am I? What do you mean? What am I? Why am I? Well, you're saying there's nothing. You're saying there's nothing to apologize for. So, why are you? Why the the two things you're saying are, are running in, into each other? You say there's nothing to apologize for, but then why keep it a secret if there's nothing to apologize for? Oh, because people will resent you for it. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's yeah. their problem, though. Here's, I don't know. Here's I, what I think will happen if people are open with money. Here's here's my theory of what what would eventually happen. I think I think what you're describing, Scott, at the beginning, would absolutely happen because we saw it happen with Patreon, right? People started people moved over to Patreon and started making what appears to be a large amount of money. Like some creators are making thousands of dollars a month, right? And immediately there was backlash of, well, that person doesn't deserve that. I don't respect their work or they're making so much money, blah, blah, blah. Like there was that immediate, oh my God, what an asshole. They make money. And what that resulted in was a bunch of other creators that should really have Patreon or a PayPal tip jar or just something going, oh God, I can't do that because people will resent me for the money I make. So, yeah, the very Mm. first thing that will happen is that. But then I think what will happen over time is it will balance out. It'll be – people will start to understand that a creator with 15 years' experience in an industry who uh, is easy to work with and a publisher has a good relationship with and publishes 
um, you know, award-winning books or best-selling books is going to get more money than a creator that nobody has ever heard of that happens to be really talented that the publisher wants to take a risk on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that over time that'll pan out. Do you think anyone is going to begrudge J.K. Rowling that she makes x million dollars every book she publishes when they're publishing a book and basically getting nothing up front and living off of royalties yes well that's their problem that's not jk <laughs> rowling's problem and well yeah my other my other argument to this would be let them be sour pusses because then no one will want to work with them and we'll get them out of the industry <laughs> and we don't have to deal with them ever again. And we'll get those jobs too. As a guy who has to negotiate with creators all the time about how much they're getting paid and what we can afford to pay them, I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with a creator that is going to be a problem. I would turn down a creator who is uh, you know, clearly talented and great and like is is like oh we should really be working with this guy if they're a dickhead i'm not going to work with them i would rather go work with somebody that is going to be but that's look i this is ironic that i'm taking this stance because i'm the guy that gets in trouble with his wife all the time for talking about the money he makes with friends (laughs) (laughs) well actually i was going to bring that up in that if i asked you what you were making on a certain project you'd tell me of course, of course, but you're a friend, and you right. know me beyond a surface level. Look, I've had cartoonists come up to me, and Mike and Jerry will come up, and they'll say, fuck those guys, they're millionaires, fuck them. <laughs> and my response is always, one, how do you know they're millionaires? Two, they're not millionaires. And three, if they were millionaires, why does that invalidate anything? Right. Like, you want to be a millionaire. Should I say, well, once you're a millionaire, fuck your opinion? Right. And and the thing is that bugs me about this in particular, okay, is this thing I see all the time where someone will take a job with Boom Studios because they want the exposure and their kids into Adventure Time, and they'll they'll do the job. And with Boom, mm-hmm. they're like, "This is really great. Thank you very much." You know. The payment comes in, they take it, it's not very much, they did a cover, but they did Adventure Time, and their kid liked it, and they'll all start fucking bitching about how Boom Studios pays like shit, and they're all slave labor, (laughs) and they all commiserate on how difficult it is for all of them, but they all take the job, they all do it, right? and then when they get in their little grousing community... They bitch about how terrible Boom is. But the minute they're in Boom's face at the at the convention, it's getting on their knees and stroking the shaft and don't forget the balls. You know? My little pony, I'd love to do one. You do that a little bit too well. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't do anything half-ass, Brad. And sucking dick is nothing you should do half-ass. <laughs> Got to go all the way. <laughs> uh, you know who has a good. See, I laughed about at it? your dirty joke. Uh, <laughs> I would laugh at a joke as well if you told it. Oh! No, I'm just kidding, Brad. Uh, lawyer, kidding. Uh, oh, thank you for saying that. I was cry tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. We were picking on you earlier. <laughs> Our lawyer, Katie Lane, has a really good post about this. I just went to her site. Her site is workmadeforhire.net, and the post is called Understanding Rates in Context. And she talks about 
both of these sites and how they're kind of out of whack and how to actually do the math. And she talks about something really important that I think not enough people talk about, and that's what you're what you're getting with your signature when you sign with a publisher, because mm. a lot of people think the publisher is paying you, and they are, but really you're buying the publisher. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you're, you're getting buying, in in the sense that you're getting services. Yeah, you're buying from that. Publisher. You're buying services, and and yeah. what you're paying the publisher for those services is usually some form of intellectual property, right? And in a, and and then you're getting compensated for that at, at, for that end of the deal, usually with a page rate or a work made for hire. But typically, you retain some IP. I think there's very few publishers out there where if you create something, you don't own what you created. I mean, really, it's the big two and a handful of licenses, right? Marvel and, and DC, I, I mean, you're just not... That's the only true page rate scenario. You just don't own any of that. You're not... And even then, you might get some royalty. Even if you don't own it, you might get a percentage on the back end. Um, anything that's a license, so a lot of Boom stuff, the, any of the Cartoon Network stuff, you're, again, you're going to get a page rate. If you're lucky, you'll get a royalty. Probably not, but you don't own any of it. But... Outside of that, almost every other publisher that you publish with, you own at least a portion of the intellectual property, typically the majority of the intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And that has value in and of itself, not necessarily monetary value cut to you in the form of a check, not immediately, but it certainly has value overall down the road. A long-term value and licensing and, and everything else that goes along with it. Or just, or just in general. I mean, you know, the the number of creators that publish their works at Oni Press that had their works become successful and when those works are successful are seeing uh, immense revenue on the back end. They're seeing a, a percentage of net profit because they own that IP. So, yeah, their upfront might have sucked. But when the book's sold and they do, you get a percentage of that sale. So yeah. you can't say that a page rate is $13. You it's not bad. It's the thing is that bugs me is that it's not. It, it's within um, the best way to get these people to change their rates if their rates are too low is to refuse the work. Yeah, is to say I'm right. sorry, I can't work for that low. And that's what bothers me is that is that you can't you can't tell the publisher yes, I will write this Marceline and the Screen Queens comic for that rate, I accept. And then turn around and fill out a survey and bitch about it in private mm-hmm. or or go into a forum and be like, well, I did all this work and they only paid me this rate and that's not what I'm worth and then grouse about it and say, watch out for Boom Studios and start spreading shit about Boom Studios because what you're really spreading shit about is in my opinion your own unprofessionalism, because it's not like they busted into your house. It's not like Boom Studios is like <laughs> Philip Seymour, Boom Studios, get on the ground, hand your head, hand your head, right, right, right. Hands where I can see them. That's not how it happened. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and 
deconstruct the counter argument to that, which is, well, you already have money, so you don't have to take this work and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, welcome to having well, a Well, I do have money and I burned it. I built it out of air. And do you like web comics? Well, you're welcome because me and three <laughs> other guys invented it in the late 90s for you to enjoy. No. <laughs> you're welcome. The deconstruction of the counter argument to that is, well, if you're if you're already a named creator, you don't have to take this jobs is yes you're correct <laughs> you're yeah that's correct creator, you don't have to take i had a, jobs. i had lunch with philip sablick we discussed me writing a garfield graphic novel it was a wonderful lunch we talked about philip's kids and how he used to be my diamond rep and and then i said all right call Corey. we'll talk about it and then me and Corey talked about it and we i didn't know that i had the time right right and you know the rates weren't awesome but it was like who gives a shit? It's Garfield, and right. we get to write a Garfield comic, and it's like, hey, if you want to do this, Scott, it's because you love Garfield, you want to work with Jim, maybe, get to see your name on Garfield comic, do you have the time? And when it came, what it came down to was, we didn't have the time. Just didn't have the bandwidth. Money we just didn't have the a, bandwidth. Money wasn't a factor. But to, to the creators that say that, well, I have to take that job because I have to pay my bills, <clears throat> the, the answer to your argument is yes, you do. Yeah, and sorry, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you can't negotiate. It doesn't mean that you can't say, "Hey, this is not enough. I, you know, please pay me more, or uh, let's rope this into a multi-cover deal and give me a little bit more money." Because that covers. You'd be shocked how many publishers will go for that straight up. Like if you're negotiating with a publisher and they want you for one cover and they're paying you a shit rate, say, "How about three covers?" for a little bit better than shit rate, a lot of publishers will go for that because then they don't have to deal with multiple artists. They only right. have to deal with you. And it's... it's That's a good point. It's worth that little bit of money to not have to deal with multiple creators. And is, as a creator for yourself, you just earned yourself a little more dosh, man. Like, put it in your pocket. That's great. Uh, right. But also, your argument, their argument breaks down because we now live in a world where we have all the technologies you ever needed. Now, more than ever, the publisher works for you because mm -hmm. you're the creator and you can go out and you can put your stuff up online and you can do a Patreon and you can do a Kickstarter and you can do these things. It doesn't mean it's going to pay all your bills, but it means that you might be able to work part time instead of full time. Until right. you can pay I guess bills. I guess I have the same question to these creators that you guys had for me because the arguments don't jibe up for me, okay? Because don't don't post an article about how tough it is to make money on comics and how very little money there actually is once you pay everybody. Mm -hmm. And then try to make Boom Studios. I know I'm picking on them out as the evil corporation who doesn't pay high enough rates. Because they're keeping all the money they make and they're not giving any – I mean we already got done establishing there's no money in comics right now. <laughs> it's not – there's no money in comics unless you're Boom Studios. They found the secret and they're keeping it all to themselves. Right, right, right. You know, I mean on top of it, not only are there's no money in comics, but they're paying a licensing fee – to Cartoon to, Network. To Cartoon Network or Pause or yeah. Mm -hmm. So so the rates are the rates are gonna be shit because we just established that, you know, well, they're a bigger company and they, they can do more. Yeah, they are doing more. They're they've purchased license and they're hiring artists. That's 
that's way, way more than, for example, maybe Zubkovich could do or we could do on our own, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it, it's just so – it's always so selective, and it, 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 the arguments always bounce back and forth. And I just, I just think that uh, Katie says it better because Katie has a better understanding of all things than, than I do. I made a joke about, hey, our rates are pretty good. Uh, but Katie is right. You know, it's the context of it. Yeah. That's important. I mean, our, our rates are good for, uh, work for hire and good for a page rate. But if you work for us, you own nothing. Oh yeah. I mean, we uh, straight up, it's not like you're going to draw some fill-ins for PVP and we're going to give you a percentage of the ownership of PVP. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you know, so in terms of like pure, page rate with no royalty then, then, yeah, we're, that's, not, not that's also that's also not true you're going to give somebody some of pvp ip no but we have we're doing that with table titans no we're not <laughs> well we're not giving them a portion of the ip but we're giving people percentages yeah yeah but that's not ip that's not ownership that's just a different well, way it's to not ownership but it I guess, yeah, but it's not like that ends at some point. Uh, contractually, it could. <laughs> I mean, everything has a beginning, <laughs> middle, and an end. <laughs> so you're telling me that if we continue to sell books of Brian Hurt's run of Table Titans, we can at some point stop giving him a percentage of it? We have the option contractually to buy him out, yeah. I mean, oh, well, yeah, think, we just can't think stop, we would, though. But we can't just, yeah, no, if a contract's a contract, I mean, it's different for every person. You can't... I mean, I'm it, excited if we can cut him out. Let's cut him out. The minute he's undrawn. Well, look, and that's, I mean, as a creator going into a situation, that's true for most people. Like, read your contract because usually, uh, usually it's the other way around. Usually the owner of the IP, which is you, has the ability to take the IP away from the publisher under certain scenario, under certain circumstances. You know, there are plenty of, of uh, Oni uh, published books that are now with other publishers because under certain circumstances, the owner of the IP, who is the creator, can, at their choosing, take the IP somewhere else, hire another publisher to do the publishing for them, or in this day and age, publish it themselves, which is totally possible. Right. Now, you can't do that if you're publishing a licensed work. I mean, if you're working at Marvel or DC or you're doing a boom adventure time thing or whatever, your options are limited. But, you know, just read your contracts. <laughs> it's, there's always... Yeah, and it's a always going to be there in the contract. Yeah, I know. I, it, it's, it's just like with uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast announcing this new DMs Guild thing and all this all this Twitter activity where people are just pounding... Chris, well, Chris Perkins, Perkins with yeah. questions like, mm-hmm. oh, why can't I do this and why can't I do that? And it's like, it's like, um, hey, um, shut up and read the contract and hire a lawyer. Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's not. That's not how you do business. My favorite, well, I'm not going to take you seriously. My favorite <laughs> argument from that uh, yesterday. Uh, so yesterday, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Wizards of the Coast, publisher of Dungeons and Dragons, announced that you you could publish your own work in Dungeons and Dragons universe and put it up on their uh, on their website called the Dungeon Masters Guild and get fifty percent of the profit of that work. It's mm-hmm. I mean it's a pretty square deal. Uh, and 
you know, some of the some of the people who work at Wizards, Chris Perkins, who's one of the designers and kind of the face, he does the Acquisitions Incorporated stuff for Scott. He's the DM. Was just on the receiving end of a hammering of of people. And when I think it was when you, Scott, suggested to someone, uh, you know, hire hire a lawyer and read the contract, their response was something like, well, if I had the money to hire a lawyer, <laughs> it's like, well, then oh, shut my. up. That's the worst <laughs> argument. You can't. Yeah. I mean, it's an investment. It, you, it, it, a couple hundred bucks for an expensive lawyer for an hour to review that contract. And you're and you understand it fully and you're good to go. You I guarantee you if you look at your credit card bill, you spend more than that on coffee every month. Mm. So <laughs> hire a lawyer. If if it's like if your response is, Well, if only I could afford a lawyer to do this, then why are we having have the conversation? Because it, you're not gonna be doing business seriously. So why do you need to know the information? Yeah. It's right. almost like a lot of them are like, uh, like, hey, D and D is really proud to announce that we've started this new program where you can write adventures in the Forgotten Realms. You can uh, put it online, and uh, of course, read the contract, but you'll get fifty percent of the uh, of the profits of the adventure that's sold. And their response is, "Why don't you just give me the money?" Yeah, it's like, <laughs> come on, come on. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'll never understand it. I mean, I'm I'm the guy that always gets yelled at because whenever um. Whenever uh, one of these companies comes around, uh, like a Platinum Studios or something, and they offer some really crappy deal, everyone's like, don't sign this. Look out for it. Uh, oh, God, they're off. This deal is really crappy. And when are we going to we gonna fight back and make these publishers stop? It's like, huh. um, it's not the publisher's fault. Uh, don't, don't sign don't shitty Don't sign contracts. the contract. Yeah. Yeah, like like it's an old victim blamer. You're a victim blamer. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm just telling you the quickest way to get these companies to not uh, find profit in shitty contracts is if everyone gets really educated and stops signing shitty contracts. If we educate uh, creators into knowing that they have the option to oh victim blamer. <laughs> so so. Or, uh, what As Corey said that, a long time ago, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Brad. I want to no, hear I what wanna, I said a long time ago. I want to <laughs> throw this in, what and and it stuck with me because I was I come from that era of a contract to something you're given and you sign. In other words, when they give you uh, the mortgage, you sign that piece of paper. When they give you a car insurance, you sign that piece of paper. And what Corey right. said a long time ago was, don't forget, every contract is an open negotiation. No one in their, uh, no one in business is going to balk if you come in and say, "I'd like to talk about a couple points on this contract and open the negotiation." And if they do, well, then they're they're telling you who they are. And yeah, you don't want to work with them anyway. A big thank you, but yeah, every contract, <laughs> every contract is an open negotiation, and that stuck with me. It's true. Yeah, if if. There is no there is no scenario where you say, Well, I have a couple points on this I'd like to discuss and they go, How dare you, sir? <laughs> and then they just pack everything up and they go, How dare you question the and, and and if they do that, then you go, Oh, thank God that happened because thank I was, yeah, I do I not want to sign thank that would have been it. Speaking of of things that people said, as Angie said a long time ago, when people tell you who they are, listen. Yeah. Believe them, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. 
Good day no, to you, sir. I, I said, said day. I said good day. <laughs> Janice, would you bring me a pair of glasses, please? I need to remove them quickly. <laughs> so, Scott, using your yes. logic of if everyone is better educated, then yeah. we'll get rid of these crap publishers. Uh, right. Wouldn't you say that that knowing what people get paid is a form of education for getting rid of publishers? Uh, no. Why? <laughs> Why? No, you're just being obstinate. <laughs> I'm not being obstinate. It's, a, it's signal to noise, man. It's not. It's not. It's irrelevant. It's fucking irrelevant. Like, look, there, there are... Uh, there are books and resources you can go to where they kind of tell you what the going rate is and what's a fair price to ask for. But if everything's negotiable, then it doesn't matter what everyone else is making. Well, I think it gives you a ballpark, right? I think that's part of what Fair Page Rates is trying to do. They're trying to give you a ballpark so that you can you have the information to go in and fair get. if fair fair page rates is posting data with sixty people, then they're not trying to do anything <laughs> but start a bunch of shit. <laughs> because that's like posting no data at all. Yeah. That's a fair point. That's okay. That's, I got nothing on that that's one. That's kind of true. <laughs> well, and again, got, the way they're posting it, the yeah. way they're presenting it is is disingenuous at best. And I don't think they're trying to be, I, I don't think they're trying to obfuscate anything or whatever. I think it's just, I mean, it, it's just not how, uh, I don't know. There's, there's, uh, you it's know, how you get the information out there. They're missing I know, a fine I know, idea that needs to be taken to the next step. Yeah. I know that a lot of the things that I say sound like they contradict themselves. And and part of it is because I talk out of my asshole. And the other part of it is because <laughs> um, some, some of the things I feel are contradictory. And it's just, it's just the complexity of being a human. But, I mean, it, it's that's why this is called surviving creativity and not creativity. Hey, ain't it great and easy? It's, it's, <laughs> well, that, that that URL was taken, as I remember. It's 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 a little it's a little nutty sometimes, and it's like, um, you know, how can you tell someone to be humble, but at the same time don't suffer from creator's guilt and go out there and promote yourself? Right. You know, like we say things that are that are contradictory all the time, and it's because. It's it's a it's a nuanced life and um you know there there are days when I say oh Jesus this is a house of cards and it's all gonna fall down <laughs> and there's other days there's other days that say look man I put my feet my pants on one leg at a time just like everybody else of course once those pants are on I win Eisner's but. <laughs> Slow clap from Philadelphia. (laughs) My dad, my dad, so funny. My dad, my dad at Christmas, uh, we made. I made, uh, and I need to get you one, Brad. But I made challenge coins for everyone that works and contributes to Toonhound Studios, and you only get one if you, you know, you're, you're. I don't know how to say it, Corey. You've been like, have you given to the company and been working for a year? Or, I mean, it's like that's like a, a really thing. cool it's idea. Like a, yeah, 
you know, we're thinking we'll give somebody something at a year and then at five years and then at 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a way of saying thank you for helping us along the way. Thanks for contributing. And it's got, you know, the logo on the front and on the back it says, I think it says, um, well, it says we are storytellers. Anyway, so I, I gave Brian one because my brother, because he's been a huge supporter and he put the whole awesomeology together. And mm-hmm. I gave my dad one and dad's like, why do I get one? And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, what have I done? And I'm like, well, first oh. of all, you're a character in the comic strip. You sit at a convention at 70 years old. You stand up for every single person that comes by and shake their hands. Yeah. You come on panels and talk openly about having a stroke. Um, not to mention the fact that you loaned me $1,800 to self-publish the first PvP comic and didn't ask for it back. Mm. I did. I go, yeah, you did. So this is your coin and keep hold of it. And he looks at it and he looks back at me and he goes, has Penny Arcade ever won an Eisner? <laughs> and I said, I said, it doesn't matter, Dad. You know, that's not, that doesn't matter. And he goes, I know it doesn't matter. It does, yeah. And he goes, I know it, I know it isn't. But but have they? And I go, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> it doesn't matter. And then later we get in the car, and he looks at me and he goes, they never won one, did they? And I go, no. And he just gets this big shit-eating grin on his face, and it's like, it's like of all the things you know that we've done, that we've accomplished, that's what sticks with him, like. That's wow, such a has, weird. Has that what a, what a I know. Arbitrary level. Of, I, he goes, has Penny Arcade has. Has Penny Arcade ever won an Eisner? And I go, they don't give a shit, Dad. And he goes, yeah, but have they won one? I go, it doesn't matter. And even Andy's like, Papa, believe me, it's it. It was a wonderful evening, but it, it does it doesn't mean anything. And he goes, well, is it on the shelf? I go, fuck yeah, it's on the shelf. <laughs> right next to the Harvey. <laughs> so it's like it's hard not it's hard to argue with him, right? And then I'm like, I don't I don't I don't like talking about the Eisner. And he's like, why? And I go, well, because I won for digital comic. And he's like, what's wrong with that? You make a digital comic. And I go, yeah, but two years before I was nominated for Best Humor Publication, that's what I wanted to win. And he mm. goes, so you've been nominated twice? <laughs> I love you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was the right answer to that. <laughs> but it was just – it was so funny because he couldn't let it go. And then uh, – and then in the car, he, he taps me on the shoulder, and I go, what? He goes, they haven't won one, have they? And I go, no. I go, no, they haven't. And he just sits back and smiles like, oh, my God. boys won an Eisner. That's and, beautiful. And we just we just shook our heads like, oh, my God, Dad. He just could not let it go. That's I don't know. It, it's I, I, I think it's a wonderful life, and I think it's a wonderful industry to be in. And that's why – you know, we get so passionate about this stuff and why it upsets us so much when you see the guy running the festival that's one of the most oh, – it's, all, all it's just so frustrating and so difficult, especially when you – like how can you – how can you run that festival and say that when Reyna is – dominating the sales charts worldwide mm-hmm. on not just a yeah. book, but three three titles arguably 10 yeah. titles if you include all the babysitters club stuff that's now being colored and put out and she has another book coming out yeah. this year that people are already freaking out about i mean so frustrating it's infuriating Someone asked me the other day cuz they someone brought I don't remember who it was cuz my brain is going already on me 
I couldn't remember Rob Lowe's name the other day, and I couldn't remember Penelope Cruz's name the other day, and I really think that I need to get my brain checked out. But someone asked me about a joke, and I said, I don't know if I wrote that or if Dylan wrote it. And they said, does that bother you? And I was like, oh, hell no. I love it. Like, <laughs> well, it's yeah, really great. That tells you that it's seamless. I Yeah, true. But I just love that. I just love that it's a collaboration now sometimes. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I know I can do it on my own. No, no, no. I mean, the, the good thing about it is that it doesn't matter. I mean, you know what I mean? It, no, it says a no. Lot, it, it says a lot about the working relationship that you have that it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, it's like um, it's been a wonderful experience collaborating because I know that, um, you know, poor Corey all the time, people tell him, say things to him like, oh, well, don't you wish you could make the comics? And he's like, well, fuck you. I do make the comics. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like um, – you know, someone said to me, oh, I'm really enjoying Table Titans. And I said, oh, well, you know, don't thank me. That's Brian Hurd. I'm not really working on it right now. That's all him. Yeah, you're and then I the thought to myself, season. yeah, I'm like, why am I saying it like that? Like, why am I apologizing? I, I think a part of it is you want to make sure Brian gets the credit. But right. yeah, but but another part, part of it is like, yeah, no, I yeah, he is writing it. But that's but that's you know, it, it came it, it came from me too, right? Like right. it's, it's, it's this thing. It's a house you built, right? Well, it's a house. Yeah. It's a house we're building for yeah. sure. It's definitely and, uh, a scenario. And I if think you, that's going to happen in American comics. If you're listening to this right now and you work at Toonhound and you're like, well, where the fuck is my coin? <laughs> 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 it's because... <laughs> It's because probably because my wife, um, I said, did you grab a coin? And she goes, no. And I said, why not? And she said, I'm not taking a coin out of the box. I'm to, you're supposed to present it to me. (gasps) And I go, really? And she goes, yeah, have you never been presented a challenge coin? And I go, no. She goes, you have to be coined. Here's how you do it. And what you do is you put the coin in your palm and you shake their hand and that's how you pass the coin. Oh, really? I've never been in that situation. She works in the military division of her company, mm-hmm. and she has received challenge coins from military personnel before, oh, where they pass her wow. a challenge coin, and she's like, "That's how you coin somebody." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" So I had to do that with, I did it with Brian, and I did it with Papa and Reagan and all that. So, like, <laughs> and I had to do it with my wife. She's like, "No, you fucking stand up and you present that coin." I worked really hard at this company. <laughs> so uh, every time I every time I sit down to mail out the coin to like Tavis and stuff, I go. <laughs> That's why did Eric give you those coins, Corey? He did. Okay. He didn't shake. So my you got to Well, no, those are. <laughs> he was supposed to present you the coin. Yeah, he presented it to me. He gave it to me in a folder. And he goes, "Hey, did you see the coins? They turned out great." <laughs> Uh, uh, and I said, oh, I guess uh, one of these uh, is mine. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, listen, since we hit a little bit of a lull, can I make my uh, – do you want to do – since we're doing New Year, do you want to make uh, predictions for 2016? Oh, hell I, yeah. Let's end with I that. Got one that's, I got yeah. one that's a lock. I got one that's a lock, and it's going to save you some time. If you're a comic strip artist, particularly if you're uh, on the web, don't bother to fill out the form for the NCS Division Award for Best On-Line Comic Strip, because that one's going to Berkeley Breathing. 
<laughs> Nothing, you fuckers. For his Facebook Nothing? trip? I'm confused. Yes. Yeah, he's no. officially okay. a... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh I'll <laughs> yeah. take that, I, Matt. I, I love it. I love it. It's it's true. He's right. You yeah. know that. Yeah. Burke Breathed gets the, the 2016 on hyphen line uh, comics trip NCS Divisional Award. Without a doubt. Nobody else even needs to apply. No. He's, they've, he's got it in the bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my prediction. Do you understand that, Corey? Yeah. Do you care? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, look, the whole digital comic thing is, it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around because digital is a, <sighs> is a medium. It's not a art form. I mean, it's it's the equivalent of saying, and and we do it some, you know, we have we split stuff up into like graphic novel or, uh, or whatever. So on one hand, I go, all right, digital is it's another element, um, but there's no qualification for it, and there's hundreds of thousands of these comics. Um, true, true enough. But I, I, I will say, if you, this is a war that I, I think I can speak uh, uh, and and say that that uh, I speak for both me and Scott. If you had been fighting for what's the right word, respect, recognition, you know, for for fifteen years from people that were kind of trying to dismiss you, uh, it would it, it it holds a little bit more importance than it should because there's a lot of emotion that's wrapped up in it. Mm. Yeah, mm. I can see that. So your prediction for 2016 is Burke that... breathed NCS on hyphen line comic strip. Just NCS, or is he going to win the other ones too? Oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to double season? down. I'm going to double down like a Frenchman and say that he wins the Eisner for digital comic as well. <laughs> he won't win the uh, he won't win the oh, Eisner because he will. You well, know, who's going to submit him. Uh, I, I guarantee you one thing: Burke gives two sh- zero shits about any of it. Really? Well, the NCS maybe he doesn't. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know what? Eisner awards are uh, uh, the the nomination process is juried. They might submit him on their That's own. That's true. They could. That's true. They could submit him on his own. And and it it is not a huge leap to say that he sweeps with at the Harveys as well. He might sweep at the Harveys. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that uh, Burke Breathe definitely does the NCS. Uh, that's a lock, and I'd say there's about a 65% chance he sweeps the three. Are we we're making 2016 predictions? Yeah, yeah, yeah about mm. industry mm. creativity, <laughs> whatever. Mm. <laughs> I, I can tell I've lit a fire under you. Go ahead, Corey. I got one. You want to think? You want to think about yours, Scott? Yeah, I do. Okay. My my prediction in for 2016 is that this will be the year where we hit the saturation point of makers, air quote. Mm. I think that we're we're on the cusp of a place where the the cream is going to rise to the top, and we're going to start separating the true makers and entertainers and creators from you know from the the people that aren't serious about it or just doing it for fun or just doing it to make a buck. I think that the audience is about to hit a place where they, um, 
they uh, better appreciate the good stuff and have an understanding of it. And I think part of that is because of what we saw at CES at the end of the year where everybody is now getting into the digital game. I mean, Amazon mm-hmm. is winning Golden Globes. Uh, you know, yeah. Netflix is doubling down on their original it's a great show. Netflix is putting mm-hmm. out so much original programming now, they're outdoing other networks. And so much good programming. Right. So what's uh, House of is, Cards, I've watched that it twice all the way through. Sure, man. Making a Murderer, Narcos. I mean, the list goes yep. on and on and on for Netflix originals, right? Same with Amazon. Mozart in the Jungle, Man in a High Tower, or Man in a High Castle? Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, high, castle. man castle. in a High Castle. So you have, now what you have, we used to have until the end of this year, we as creators used to have this open platform for creating digital content. We were the only ones there. Well, the big dogs just entered the arena. And now, Mm -hmm. if you want to be a a creator, if you want to do a stream, if you want to do a podcast, if you want to you know, if you want to be making something, illustrating something or whatever, the the real deals just walked in and you got to up your game. So this is going to be the year where the everybody is separated and now you've got the true professionals and the amateurs and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with being an amateur i'm an amateur at a lot of things amateur is good you have to be an amateur to become a pro but i think that the the in 2016 the pros are going to enter the arena they're going to enter it for digital comics they're going to enter it for we've already seen it for podcasting i mean look at mm-hmm. look at this american life and how many podcasts they're currently producing Right. Serial alone is dominating podcasting, right? Uh, Star Talk with with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, these are big shows that could be on any radio station that are online and are making buku bucks, okay? Yeah. Your, your, it, your general YouTube like and subscribe bullshit is not going to cut it anymore. You got to walk in and you got to be good at what you do. And it's, and it's possible. There's a movie on Netflix right now called Tangerine. That is a, a really mm-hmm. solid film that was made all on iPhone cameras for like 16 bucks. And it's out there winning awards <laughs> and stuff. So you can't, you can't give me your bullshit in 2016. Or I don't have enough money for that. I don't have enough money to hire a lawyer. I don't have enough money to buy the cameras. I don't have the setting. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have whatever. You need time and you need fire in your belly. And that's it. And if you don't step up in 2016, you're going to be separated. That's my prediction. It's a very interesting thought. And it's a swing of the pendulum from what, what, you know, in 2000, 2005 and so on was very much driven by indie uh, creators. You're you're talking of very much a swing of that pendulum away from independent and towards publishers. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think publishers are coming around to the creator way of thinking. The doors are getting unlocked. Publishers are now saying, I mean, Amazon alone is, it has like a pseudo uh, democratic way of picking their new shows. You can submit a show to Amazon essentially. Right. And if they they do like a little, uh, you know, opening season type thing. Yeah. If they they like the one episode you made, they'll put it up and then people can vote for it and, and see if it's good or not. Netflix has given money to some real stinkers. The, the trick mm-hmm. is the budgets don't have to be high. And we saw this a few years ago with, with, uh, you know, with Lucy C.K. and the show he was making at FX and how what a huge hit it is. And at 100 grand yeah. an episode. And that may sound like a Broad lot. Broad City. But, yeah, Broad City, man. Broad City. 
uh, we God, we got to get them on the show. I got to figure out how to get in touch with them. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I would lose my mind. Broad City was uh, was an online show, and they made the move to Comedy Central, and they're huge, just huge. Wow. And if you haven't watched Broad City yet, you got to go watch it. It is hysterical. And the those <laughs> two women could I I mean oh I know everybody God. likes Amy it Schumer, so but funny. I think I think. Uh, Abby no, Jacobson they're, and Lana Glazer are, are on a different planet in humor. Like they, I, I mean, I know there's some popular people, some popular ladies in comedy right now, but those those two are the queens of their own universe of comedy as far as I'm concerned. They're really, really good. Um, but they're yeah, I mean, so that's, funny. that's 2016, man. The technology is here. The creators understand it now. And now the corporations understand it. And because the corps understand it, the general population will now understand it because they'll now be exposed to it, which means when they go online, they're going to look for a higher caliber of entertainment than they're currently getting. The person sitting on their Twitch stream, you know, just, mm. just chatting and sewing something with terrible lighting and horrible music and the awful dings all over right, the map right, or right. whatever. That, that works for, you know, 15-year-olds in 2015, but 16-year-olds in 2016 are going to have a higher level. <laughs> it's, just, it's true. You watch. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The tide is rising. So, Scott, what is your 2016 uh, uh, prediction? It's going to be a long year of no new Star Wars. <laughs> I enjoyed the hell out of that out? movie. Well, Deadpool's coming out. I think that's going to be fun. <clears throat> I thought there Rogue, was Rogue One, is, One is coming out, right? That's not the next Star Wars movie. Stop I'm it. sorry. I no. I want to know what happens to Ray. <laughs> oh, do you know? Uh, spoiler alert! If you if you haven't seen it, turn it off. Mm. And I, we gave you enough time. Who do you think her lineage is? I don't care. I don't think she's anybody. I don't think her lineage should be anybody. Oh, I think she's Obi-Wan's granddaughter. I love that idea. No, No, I like that idea a lot. It thematically, it works better if she's just a normal person who's force sensitive that can use the force. Building a hierarchy of force is a she'll have some connection to she'll she'll have a connection to something important in the universe, but she's not going to be no. Obi Wan's granddaughter, or Luke's daughter, if, or anything like that. If the writers that. of the next Star Wars film are listening, and I know you are, <laughs> please, please, for the love of all that is holy, don't tie her to any kind of Force lineage, and don't make her the one. It's it's better if it's just a person who is Force sensitive that can change the world because it instills the idea that anybody can do anything, anybody mm. can step up, anybody can change the world, anybody can make a difference. I yeah well okay I'm starting to get, I'm starting to feel swayed. See? I I've watched the movie three times now. I saw no indication that she was related to anybody that we already know. Well okay th- th- <laughs> this article that I this is not coming from my brain. You guys know this. I read this. Uh, she's the only other than Obi Wan. She's the only other character that speaks with a British accent. Even There's Liam Neeson no, no, spoke no, with no, an American no. accent. Uh, uh, John Her theme music. Uh, no stop. Hold on a second. <laughs> John Boyega tried it. You know your words when it all boils down to an argument about Star Wars. That's what it comes. Uh, John John Boyega went on on an during an interview said that he tried it first with his British accent, and that his accent wasn't appropriate for the character. And JJ said, "I'm not liking it. Let's do American." He's like, "Yeah, I agree." It's the only reason it because it worked for the it worked for Ray and it didn't work for him. Otherwise, he would have had a British accent too. 
Daisy, maybe the reason why Daisy has a British accent in the movie is because she's a first-time actress and she couldn't do an American. I mean, there's a million creative reasons why she has a British yeah. accent. Yeah. I still like the Obi-Wan. Th- although, also, although Corey had also, me kind of on the other side. Anyone, anyone claiming that Liam Neeson's voice in that movie was different than any other movie he's ever done is out of their mind. <laughs> That's true. Liam Neeson has I... his acting voice, and that's <laughs> what he uses. <laughs> it's not like there's other movies where he's got his normal accent. So your only prediction is that it's going to be a long year with no Star Wars. No, I think this. I think that 2016 is the is the make or break year for um, people who are just kind of getting by. Um, I think that. Um, that 2016 is going to be the year that things get a little bit harder. Um, things feel like they're changing and those of us who are a little more established are going to be able to write it out better. That's, um, and the people who aren't established are going to have to, uh, you know, like Corey said, they're going to have to, uh, fall back on their content. But the idea of, um, I think the money's going to get thinner. I think, mm-hmm. I think that wow, even, the money is a recovering economy. Do you think that's just because the market dollar is spread farther now that there are bigger people entering the arena? No, I just think that for a creator putting content on the web, that their means by which they get money easily is is going to dwindle i'm not saying you can't earn money i'm saying you can't just earn money easily mm-hmm. as easily yeah uh, one of that. the things one of the things that that uh, always disappoints me when i see it in new cartoonists and really disappoints me when i see it in established cartoonists is when anyone uses any form of of monetization whether it's ads or or patreon or a kickstarter where they say Boy, if we could just hit this goal, then I could, I could give it to you two days a week or three days a week. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> and I want to say uh, that would be awesome. Also, shut the fuck up and draw. I, I, the things I love about Patreon are the people that say, look, I'm fucked. <laughs> I have to make this. I'm going to make it either way. Please support me because I. This is the situation I'm in right now. I can't not make this thing, and I don't know how I'm going to eat this week because <laughs> it's not super conducive to eating. And if you love it, please support it. Well, but the this people is that a- say, and uh, look, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not trying to shit on people that have stretch goals. No, you're not. You're um, not begrudging anybody. You just prefer I'm not people that are doing it anybody anyway. Uh, uh, I, what I think is when it comes down to it, 2016 is going to be the year of, of put up or shut up. And and I know it. I'm kind of repeating what Corey said, but, uh, you know, I've had a couple people over the last year say, I really wish I could do this thing that I really want to do. And my response is, no, you don't. Not really. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'd be doing it. Otherwise, you'd be doing it. And making it work. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, it's it's one of those things where, you know, uh, uh, if, if you have time to play uh, video games and you have time to make the thing that you wish you could really make, 
Yeah, and that, there's I, a lot of truth I, to that. I play a ton of video games, but I'm making all the stuff I want to make right now. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I'm very very happy. I I I love making PvP. Um, Christmas ate my buffer, but as soon as I was back from Christmas break, I very very easily got ahead by a week and a half again, and it only took me a day or two to do it. And that to me was very that was a really big thing because. Um, there was a long period of time where I really, really struggled to be uh, one day ahead. So if now the struggle is to be a month ahead, that's that's really awesome. And I think a lot of it is because um, it, it's got more structured over here. But but um, like I love making Table Titans. I love the new stuff we're going to do with uh, the Fallen Veil. I love the company that we're building and if anything, we're kind of deciding to kind of pull back and kind of focus on not growing anymore. But, but what I'm trying to say to, to, to people now is, is that like Corey said, um, the good news is, is that this stuff is legit now yeah, and, and you have no the technology one, and it's free. Yeah. And, and all it, all it takes now is for you to just do it. So not to Shia LaBeouf it, but like I don't, I don't necessarily have a ton of respect for people who just kind of sit and say, you know, boy, I'd give anything to be able to make the comic I want to make. Like you don't have to give anything; you just have to make it. Yeah, it, you know, and it's 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 difficult because I know people. I mean, Brad and Tavis and Alex, just in this room alone, mm-hmm. are people who I know have, you know day jobs and spouses and kids and uh, a ton of things that they could complain about a ton of hardships and one never hear them complain about them and two they still fucking put pump out a shit ton of work yeah because they're they're just i mean they're in it to win it i mean it's just like um i think katie over at uh camp widow watch is a good example too you know i mean mm-hmm. it's just You've got to really, um, you know, now's the time to put up the, the, your best work. Um, and just to, and just to make the things you want to make. I I really, um, I know it disappoints people to hear it, but all the other stuff just kind of happens once the content is there. It's true. And, and to anyone who's immediately countering this with the classic argument of, well, I have a day job and blah, 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 blah. It's like, (laughs) listen, as soon as the thing that you love to do starts making money, it becomes your day job. Mm-hmm. It, it well, yeah, it, it's, it's the line that I've used in my entrepreneurship class all the time. I worked 17 hour days when I had a day job and that's no exaggeration. And now that I left my day job, I work 17 hour days. So I never have to go back to that day job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy those 17 hours a lot more than I used to. Yeah. Cause now you're drunk. Uh, but but yeah, but yeah, it, it, you're still going to work those same amount of hours. You're just going to be working for yourself. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I know it sucks to have a day job. I I, I remember it. I remember it. I think everybody had a day job. Everyone in yeah. here had a day job while making their comics at some point or still does. 
or and or had to find a certain amount of balance, right? Right. right. If it isn't a day, and 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 believe me, day job is just part of it. Then you got to balance family, and if you've got kids, you've got that. That's another balance. I, I mean, there's and and it all has to do with setting priorities. Number one. And number two, if you're if you're in a relationship, uh, making sure that 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 person gets who you are and knows what they're getting into, and is going to support it. Yeah, that's something that that I know we have in common. You know, is, is that <laughs> you know, without Carolyn being a hundred percent behind this thing, I would have fallen by the wayside a long time ago. Absolutely. I just think that. Everyone needs to remember that this is supposed to be fun. Mm. It's it's supposed to be a joy. And yes, it's hard work. And yes, and yes, there's some days you don't want to draw. But you're not doing this because you're going to make money. You're not going to do this because you're going to become famous. You're doing this because it's a form of expression and it's something that you love to do. And you want to do it. And so... And that's not just for um, drawing. That's for anything. If oh no! Photography, audio, writing, photography. If you're writing, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're air quotes maker, and yeah, I'm mm-hmm. gonna keep doing that. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's, I was just, I'm just gonna keep doing that. You're gonna. Have I don't to think, pull it out. I don't think. I don't. I don't think necessarily that everyone gets to do what they love for a living. But that doesn't mean that people don't get to do what they love. Um, sure. You. It doesn't have to be a living uh, for it to be. Um, Legit and and um, if if we do anything in 2016, let's take the stigma off the word amateur, because I heard somewhere recently, um, I don't know, I was watching TV or someone, but someone reminded uh, me that the word amateur uh, is the is uh, the etymology of it is that it's a it's a it's doing something for the love of it. It doesn't mean that Man. you're bad at it. It doesn't mean that you're uh, less proficient at it. It means that you're doing it for the love of it. And so you have someone who's won the Grand Prix of Angoulême, uh, Bill Watterson, who you couldn't argue. It would be hard to argue he's not a professional because he's he's a pro. Mm-hmm. But right now, Watterson's an amateur. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. He's doing it for love. He's doing it because he loves it. and And the people that he loves get to see it, and no one else does. And that's that's really how you know he loves it. Yeah. Because he's doing it because he loves it. He's not doing it because he's gotta or he wants to make money or he wants everyone to see how badass he is. Or he's doing it because he loves it. And and if you can find that, I, I I promise you, I promise you, once that is evident in your work, ninety five percent of your of your of your job is done. Ninety five percent of succeeding is is done. I promise you that no, I'll co-sign there's, that. there's more value in that, in finding that, than anything else anyone can tell you to do. I mean, you, you it's evident when you see someone's work and they love doing it. <laughs> What's in uh, there? Go be an amateur. Yeah. Everybody yeah, yeah. Proud, proudly. <laughs> Go be an amateur. And pick up all these goddamn batons. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of myself, Corey Cassoni, and our co-hosts, Scott Kurtz and Brad Geiger, thank you so much for joining us this week on Surviving Creativity. Please remember that everything you heard is made possible by listeners like you. So if you like what you heard, head on over to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity, and please 
consider becoming a patron. We hope you're having a wonderful 2016. We'll see you next week for another episode of Surviving Creativity.